several years ago, I had a, um, an experience where I attended, uh, I attended two different conferences in a matter of, you know, one week, different parts of the nation, and uh, I had this, uh, I just had this, this encounter, I just, the first conference I went to, I looked at, and I could see they were so passionate, they were so full of passion, the presence of God was there, but they were missing something, and I couldn't put my finger on it until I went to the second conference, where they were void of passion, but they were familiar with how to move in the gifts of the Spirit, and the presence of God was there also. And there were these two awesome conferences, awesome people of God, but they were kind of polar opposites. One was so full of passion, but void of power. Well, at least they ignorant of power. They just hadn't been taught how to use it. And, and this one over here was familiar with how to move in power, but they had lost their passion. And, and God gave me a vision at the end of those two conferences, I was talking to him about this. He said, I am raising up a people who will be, know how to marry the passion and the power. And they will know how to cultivate my presence. And they will be confident in working in power when I come. And I seen an auditorium and it was full of people. A generation, but I don't want you to put that in as in just young people. It was a time, it was a group of people who were so passionate for God. And they were so confident in how to move in His Spirit. And the passion and the power were cumulated and married in this group of people. And I watched as around the room, angels began descending and they had branding irons on them. And these people's arms they were outstretched and they were so passionate. Some were prostrate. They were just in love, just consecrated. And the angels began to brand the foreheads of different ones and people here. And the branding, I seen it. Do you know what it said? Mine. Mine. I believe, guys, that we are in that day. I believe that he was sowing into me uh, what a hunger that we as a nation, we as the people of God in Aotearoa, would be those people branded as mine. We would be this rising standard from the east who would be know what it is to display the glory of the Lord in our hour, that we would be a standard, a clear, pure blueprint of what it is to walk in righteousness. Isaiah 59, 19 says, So they shall fear the name of the Lord in the West and His glory from the rising of the sun. That's us, guys. When the enemy shall come on like a flood, the Spirit of God shall rise up a standard against him. This message is called a rising standard. And I'm calling to your spirit. And this morning that I was in the presence of the Lord, I felt to, to prepare you that uh, I believe more than what my words do, that the Holy Spirit is hovering. I believe there's angels coming around right now, awakening people. And I believe that some people's hearts are gonna burn right the way through this morning. As, as the Holy Spirit puts His finger on stuff that's been burning in your spirit. And I would encourage you to break out of any fear thing. And if you need to respond at any stage in this, just respond the way you know, you know how to. 
I was in a, a conference uh, two weeks ago, and you know, the person started sharing, but it wasn't what she said as much as the, the glory started descending. A Shekinah glory began to descend in this room, in the room, the auditorium, like I have never felt before. And do you know what happens when that happens? Well, I found out I could not remain seated. And I, I, I thought I was in row through, and I thought, if I stand up, this is going to be weird. But I had to respond to the one who was burning within me. And I, so I stood up, and I just, had to, I just had to respond. I didn't care what was happening around me, but when I opened my eyes and had a peek, the row behind me was on their bellies. And then the pastors at the front were, they were doing something on the floor. And people all over the room began to, probably about maybe 10, 12 people started to wail because the Spirit of God came on them like intercession and groaning. And I just say, come, Lord. Come on, Lord. Build and brood and increase your presence in this room. Be more than my words, Father. Lord, it's not by might nor by power, but by your Spirit. Right now, I believe the fiery ones are rising. Yeah, come on. Full of passion for the cause of Christ. Yeah. And prepared to lay down their lives. You know, they are the Shadrachs, the Meshachs, and Abednegoes of this time. And their words are going to be like swords that bring freedom and deliverance when they're spoken. And they are a generation that will be unashamed to stand up for righteousness, although it may be contrary to the culture. There'll be ones who are not afraid when opposition comes against them to stand up for the truth, no matter the persecution, the words that may come, because they know they're called, they're called, they're called. Come on, you're called. And these will be fiery times. Come on, they're going to be fiery times. But you know that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not burned by the fire because they knew the one who stood in the fire. And blessed are you when you are persecuted and people say all kinds of evil, wrong things against you because of me, says the Lord. Come on, be prepared at all seasons to give a reason for your belief. We're going to rise up. We're going to be a people of boldness, a people of courage in this season. And God is rising His church who are going to be marked by four things. They're going to be marked by the passion of God. They're going to be so crazy about Jesus. People are going to call them crazy. <laughs> because they're not afraid of the fear of man. They're not trying to uphold an image and look cool. You see, the world doesn't need culturally cool Christians. They look kind of like a mirror image of the world. They need exiles of heaven who carry the fragrance and the aroma of Christ because they know what it is to be in His presence. God is rising a standard where we, the sons and daughters of God, are going to be marked by our passion. But we're also going to be marked by our purity because we live in a time right now where the world is so perverted, it's contaminated, it's, it's, there's no right or wrong at the moment as far as culture goes. Whatever is true for you is cool for you. 
But you know what? The Word of God is unchanging. It's that rock of ages. It was, it was the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And we need to know what it is to stand on the pure Word of God in this season. We're going to be marked by a pure standard. And we're going to be marked by the presence of God. And we're going to be marked by power. Where we're going to move in power. These are the four things I want to talk about this morning because I believe the 2020 Great Reset has done a shaking in the church where we no longer are content with what is, like I said yesterday, but we're pressing in because we know for more. We've read about more in the Gospels and then we get to the book of Acts and we drop the Bible and go, what if it's true? Come on, there's some people in this auditorium. You're raised in the Jesus movement. Raise your hand right now. Jesus movement, it's coming again. Right now, it's coming again. Where those people, there was a move of evangelism, right? And people, they were so marked by the, by the power of God and the presence of God and, and the love for the lost. And people were, were converted on the streets and church wasn't in the building. It was out in the, in the homes and there was so, you wanted to get there. And because you knew, you knew it wasn't just a nice Sunday lunch. There was power in the room, right? Deliverance, yeah? Freedom, a worship. Do you know new songs came and were birthed in that movement in that era? This was the 1968 to about sort of late 70s. Started to drop off. My parents were saved in it too. I'm calling out the Jesus movement people. Come on, champion this next move of God because it's going to be similar, marked by similar things, and yet it's going to be better. Let's talk about passion for a moment. I've seen the passion in the room. I've seen the young people last night. Can I just tell you it's contagious? I mean, Jane and I, we got our groove on. (laughs) Quietly, of course. Passion. Yemo, Jesus is coming back for a passionate bride. Come on, not not an adulterous bride. Not a bride who who has frequent lovers, who lifts her heart up to other idols. One that's sold out for her groom. He's coming back for a passionate bride. Will we as citizens of New Zealand be known for more than our passion for rugby and for sailing? Will we be known as the rising standard that bears the, carries the glory from the east? Will we be known for our passion, for our groom? For I believe that we are called to be a standard of what it is to be so in love with Him that it's contagious. You see, we're the youth in the world. New Zealand's a young nation. So come on, we should be the most zealous people. There's a marking on our nation for that. Song of Songs 8.6 says, fasten me. And this is Jesus talking to you right now. Because this is a picture of a bride speaking to the groom. Fasten me upon your heart as a seal of fire forevermore. This living, consuming flame will seal you as my prisoner for love. My passion is stronger than the chains of death in the grave, all-consuming as the very flashes of fire from the burning heart of God. Place this fierce, unrelenting fire over your entire being. Is that not passion? That's the sort of passion we're talking about. Listen, if that seems too far-stretched for you right now, then let's join together, me included, and ask for it. 
I need to be more passionate. Can this become true for me? Our passion, our love, our first love. You know why we need it so much? Because it leads to our, our, devo- our devotion. It's our passion that gives us motivation to hold our commitment. Can we talk about purity? What is it to be a church marked with purity? Because we need to be. We need to be a pure standard right now. And, and God is purifying His church right now. I mean, there is a shaking. There is a squeezing. There is a bit of a, the heat is getting turned up in our lives as God lets, brings all the impurities to the surface. That's what fire does. So, you know, when we're, we're talking and we're asking out for more of the Holy Spirit, let me just give you a wee tip that we're asking to be purified. Come on, we're asking, the closer we get to Him, the higher up the mountain we go, you know things drop off, right? There's certain altitudes that you can only go to with so much baggage. In fact, the oxygen gets thinner the higher you go. The higher up you go, the less you can take. So what does purity have to do with going higher? Well, purity actually brings clarity of vision. Matthew 5, 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart. Come on, for they will what? They will see God. Come on, if you've got a pure heart, shakes off, you start to look without the filter. You start to see clearly. Blessed are the pure in heart that does not hold up idols, that has no other adulterous lovers, but your first love is your king. You will see God. Does the world need a people who can see God right now? Who can say, I don't care what's going on because I can see God in your circumstances right now. I can see it. Come on, come up higher. I can see clearly what's going to come after this because God's let me perceive what's going on. You know, purity leads to proximity. We want to be close. We want to be near you. We want to be with you. We want to be in you. In you, we live and ha- breathe and have our being. Esther 2.2, I'm always drawn to the story of Esther. It's the story of, of us, really, the, the body of Christ, the church. And, and Esther 2.2, it's talking about how the king, you know, Vashti, she's out. New queen needed. And it talks about how they said, let's search the land for pure virgins and let's bring them into the courts as a prospective queen for the nation. And when I read this, what is it to be brought, brought into closeness, into proximity with the king? Purity. It was virgins who were chosen. Purity. You want to get close to God? It's our purity that brings us there. Come on, Psalm 24, 3. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in His holy place? Only those whose hearts and hands are pure. You want to get close? You want to get proximity to the King? Clean hands and a pure heart who do not worship idols and never tell lies. God is illuminating those things in our life that are creating a distance between us and God. I mean, there were some things in the last season of my life that I haven't been able to bring into this season. I think about Samson. You know, at the time of Samson, 
the Israelites had been oppressed by the Philistines for 40 years. Come on, we know about that number, right? 40, a time of testing. At the end of that 40 years, God looked and he found one barren woman. Isn't it always the way? The barren woman. One barren church. Come on, one barren nation. And the angel of the Lord came to her and he said, will you? He asked her, will you stop wine, drinking wine? Will you stop eating unclean food? He asked her to do that. Never drink alcohol. Never eat unclean food. And you know, for him to ask her to do that implies that she had been doing it. But now he was, you see, what was permissible in this season cannot be taken into this season. And God was dealing with contamination in the culture. He was dealing with how if you want to be set free, if you want a level of deliverance, then what you've permitted here, it can't, it's got to remain here. And I'm looking for a pure one because you know about purity. Well, what was going to be conceived in her belly was going to be Samson. And we know he was a Nazarite. One who would be marked by God, consecrated, not drinking wine, not eating unclean food, hair not cut as a, as a sacred duty. He was set aside like Samuel to be ser- a servant to the Lord for a sacred task. But for him to be conceived and birthed into a time to give freedom and deliverance, God had to find someone pure. He had to find someone pure who would make the sacrifice to put away those things of what was permissible here and to make a new standard because he's rising the standard. Is there anyone in this room who's prepared to sacrifice what was permissible here and to be a rising standard here that God might conceive in your spirit something of a purity? For God to birth something pure, God had to find someone pure. Because things reproduce after their own kind. See, what is tolerated in one generation is normalized in the next. And we cannot be tolerant Christians anymore. I mean, that's the easy path. Hiding behind the word of love. Well, actually, love is truth as well. So how do you get pure? How do you become someone who's so full of Jesus that we affect the culture around us? We get it when we get in his presence. We talked a lot about presence this weekend. And you know, we know that you become like those people you surround yourself with. You just do, don't you? Uh, You know, they say you want to become a turkey, fly off the turkeys, you know. Want to become an eagle, soar with the eagles. Uh, I'm the sort of person that's a bit of a chameleon. Uh, you know, I was talking with Ray and he was saying he had a great Irish accent. Well, I was saying, well, that's because I lived in Ireland for 10 months. So I just sort of become and adapt like, to my surroundings. That's, not, that's a great thing and it's not a great thing, you know. So, you know, when I'm in Ireland, I, you know, check out your man over there. He's good, like. How's the crack, like? I'm from New Zealand. What? <laughs> you know, it's just something that, I do. My husband pays me out about it all the time. But the thing is, we become like the people we surround ourselves with. And if you want to look more like Jesus, you've got to hang out with Him. If you want 
to carry his presence. If you want to sound like him, if you want to forgive like him, the, the world needs us to look like him more, not them more. We need to walk and be the light of the world where they go, whoa, look at the bright one. Oh, you are so flavorsome and salty. Gosh, you add spice to my world. God is looking for people who will reflect and carry his son because that's the one who brings freedom and deliverance. Not our gifts, not our talents, not our cool dresses on stage. Just the presence of God, the one that you hung out with in the morning, that you pondered at night, that you dreamt about. And, and as David said, even at night, in the night watch, my heart is instructed by you. I meditate on your Lord day and night. Come on, can you get so obsessed with Jesus and His Word? Can you, can you like envelope your life with Him that you might walk out into the world and stun people with your glory? Like Moses. Whoa, Moses, let me put my sunnies on. Psalm 16, 11, you make known to me the path of life and in your presence is fullness of joy. Listen, we have a thing about presence that we can pursue personally, but corporately there's something amazing that can happen. In our own church, one of our, our main values is the presence of God. Um, and, and we've seen some crazy stuff happen as we've been in His presence. Um, one day there was a woman and she had metal in her shoulder and uh, we didn't know this of course and she's her first time in church and uh, she came up to us after she goes I've been healed and we're like what off she says there was um, as we were singing and as we were worshipping I felt this incredible heat in my right shoulder and I believe and I felt a clicking and stuff and now I could never do this and now I can and she's doing this, and she's like, and we're like, well, this is great, this is awesome, but can you can you follow that up? Can you get some, you know, medical evidence? Because you know, we wanna we wanna be good stewards of the miracles, right? And she came back um, probably about a month later with X-rays, and the doctors were astounded. She'd had metal bolts in her shoulder that had dissolved in the presence of God. Listen, I believe God is wanting to increase His presence for these stories to become just common expectations and then we launch there for more. A couple of weeks ago, I was speaking to a girl um, in our church. She just moved back from somewhere and um, we were having this incredible time of worship where we actually went off the script a little bit, you know? Um, and we were just, everyone was just singing their own song, but we were singing and the band was leading us. And, and she said to me, as a pastor, can I just be honest? Sometimes you, you think it's time for the word. <laughs> you know, all the pastors in the hangar, okay, we, we need to kind of time, you know, you get, you get fixated occasionally with time. And, and I sort of was like, okay, oh, looking at Damien going, nope, he's not moving, he's in the presence, maybe it's just me, I'll leave this one. And I just sort of moved away because I started getting jittery because sometimes you just want to get up there. And then God had three people come up to me in the week saying that something significant happened in the worship. One got deliverance. She literally started almost... Um, groaning. I, I didn't even really see it because I was busy walking around the church, but she said she was just getting deliverance on the floor during worship. No one prayed. She didn't expect it, otherwise she wouldn't have come to church. God likes to catch us off guard sometimes, but he's a, he's a gentleman too, so don't be afraid. And, and she just got her freedom. 
And that was in the presence of worship. God really convicted me then. I remember myself, I'm going to expose myself. I had been struggling with um, a, a certain ailment called boils. Can you believe it? I sound like Job. Boils. For about two months, boils, boils, boils. Me and my son, anyone, anyone? Come on, let me not just fall on it. Thank you. There's five of us. Excellent. And, and you know, um, this was just, it's just so hard to get rid of boils. If you ever had this most painful thing. And this one worship leader and this one Sunday said, I believe there's an anointing here for healing. You don't have to do anything, but come and stand up here. We're going to sing over you. And faith in me went, this is my moment. I'm going to stand there. And myself and my little son, who was only one, who also had boils, we came and stood there on the altar and we just received. And do you know, I walked out of that healed and I've never had another um, ugly boil since. The power of His presence, the power of His presence in His presence. Darkness can't remain. Anything of His kingdom, because His kingdom comes to earth as in, as on earth and as in heaven on earth. And there's a collision that happens, a collision of kingdoms in His presence where darkness can't remain. Deliverance happens, healing happens, encounters happen, transfers happen, transformations happen. Miracles happen all in His presence. And the last thing I'm going to talk about before we break is the power. We need to be a church of power, don't we, guys? Come on, I want to. I read Acts and I get so excited. Some of these stories I've shared up here, you've got excited. Some of them, you've got better stories. Let's, let's story off later, morning tea. But, you know, can I just say there's been an assignment by the enemy to rob the New Zealand churches of their power. And, they, and how it's done this is sent two ugly stepsisters called the religious spirit and the political spirit. And the big sister, the religious spirit, comes first. And her job is to snuff out the Holy Spirit, to snuff out the fire. Because she knows that if you have no Holy Spirit in a church, you strip a church of their power. I'll tell you how. Because the Holy Spirit's job, well, what is it? We say the gifts of the Spirit. Come on, prophecy, healings, faith. Um, you know, we, we, we go on and on. How it's administration. I mean, it's just so many. You So you deal, they just go. You stop seeing them flourishing and, and manifest in the church. Gifts of the Spirit. So we don't have prophecy in the church anymore. So therefore, Joan doesn't get encouraged, uplifted, edified, comforted. Come on, you, you're robbing a church of the, one of the main sources of encouragement and direction and vision. We stop seeing miracles and healings. It all just... Because the religious spirit won't have that. That's why it's the opposite of the Holy Spirit in the sense, in the sense that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Yeah. Fruits of the Spirit. Come on. Fruits of the Spirit. They've been really underrated lately. All of a sudden, people on the door are like, welcome to church. <laughs> We're like, thanks. Gee, you have more joy at the pub. Anyway, um, so come on. We've got a, the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness for goodness sake. Self-control, a little bit here and there wouldn't help. I mean, wouldn't hurt. These are cultivated in the presence of the Holy Spirit. 
And a gift doesn't um, qualify someone as a leader. But I tell you what, the fruits do. We always elevate character over gifting in our church. They're more trustworthy. And the last thing that it does is a religious spirit. It will snuff out evangelism. Because the Bible tells us that I will send the Holy Spirit to you. And you, you will have be empowered to be a witness. Did you get that? Through the Holy Spirit, we are empowered with boldness to be a witness. You know what that means? It means to witness. It means to speak. I'm not talking to the person beside you. Come on, you know they're a Christian. But what about the person at your workplace? What about your sister-in-law? What about the person who you run into in the supermarket or at the kindergarten pickup? A witness. Come on, let your testimony come out of you. Talk about the good things God's done in your life. The Holy Spirit is the one who stirs up the courage to do that. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you snuff out the boldness of the church to be able to be a witness. And evangelism stops. Evangelism stops. How can people know about Jesus if no one tells them about Jesus? Oh no, no one's coming to church. Church in decline, church in decline. Oh no, no one's getting healed. No one's getting delivered. Last time was in 1883. I'm really discouraged right now. Maybe the church isn't powerful. Maybe it's. Maybe we haven't got the answers. Ha, ha, ha. Knock, 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 knock. Hello, can I please come in? Who are you? I'm ugly stepsister number two, the little sister called the political spirit. Oh, what do you do? Well, I, uh, uh, I, I dissent, I cause dissension and I challenge truth because it becomes no truth. And then you take a little bit of the world and a little bit of the word and you make your own theology that's kind of comfortable. And we, what else do you do? Well, I stop you. I make you feel ashamed in public. Ah. Oh. Well, if you talk about Jesus in public, you might offend someone. Fancy offending someone. Oh, we don't want to do that, would we? Because they might not like you. You can't offend people. You're a Christian. So they come real cunning. So we ain't having that, are we? Come on, band. Come on up. <laughs> False stuff <but> that. <laughs> These guys are so good, eh? I mean, they're good. All right. Come on, some of your hearts have been burning. Yeah? Some of your hearts have been stirring. Just as I've been speaking, it's like God's been speaking. And some of it's not new. Some of it you just, some of it you can't even put words to. God is stirring up His church to arise in passion and presence and purity and in power in this hour. We aren't called to like, look like what we did yesterday. We're called to look like a new standard, a rising standard. And he's asking for your yes this morning. Will you be one who allow the angels of the Lord to come this morning and brand your forehead with the word mine? Come on, why don't you stand? As you're responding, don't respond to me, respond to him. But if you're wanting right now, I'm just inviting right now angels of the Lord to come, that you would find us worthy, that you would mark our hearts with a branding iron, that we would be set apart from 
for such a time as this, that we would rise in our passion for you, that we would increase the presence in our time with you. And Lord, that we would begin to be marked with a purity that the world has not seen for a very long time. And God, that the power and the gifts of the Spirit and the fruits of the Spirit and the boldness would begin to astound the nation and the people of our time as we become voices like Esther, that this is not the time to be silent. This is not the time to be silent. So right now, all over this room, including myself, bring the branding irons. Marcus is mine, Lord. Consecrate our spirits afresh. And we ask for a fresh downpour, an ignition of your fresh fire. In Jesus' name. If you need to come up the front and you just need to come and stand up here, uh, I just want to come and anoint you with, I just want to come and just say, yes, Lord, that's all. But if you need to, just do that. Holy, 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 is the Lord God Almighty. Oh, God, you're calling your people, Father. Lord, that we would be marked for such a time as this, God. We repent, Father, for being a powerless church, God. And right now we pick up the call. We respond to the call, Lord. We would be a people who are known as the presence hunters. We are known as the pursuers of your presence. We are known as ones, of bold ones, fiery ones, the Shadrachs, the Meshachs, and the Abednegoes, God, in Jesus' name. All creation I see, praise to the King of Kings. You are. 